0: This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker.
1: Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, we're focusing on law and order. We're also going to be talking about things you can do to be safer during the Christmas season. Yep, it's that time of the year. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can text us, you can phone us, whatever you prefer, whatever's easiest for you, text or phone, 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450, and Cap- uh, Chief Michael Bowen is with us this morning. Chief, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Good to have you with us. Thank you. And speaking of Captain... <laughs> Our captain friend is with us also. Good morning. Good morning, Bart. Your body low there. You're very bassy sound. I mean, oh, oh this is this me, is your radio voice. I'm
2: sorry. Let me <laughs> smile when I talk. Maybe it'll perk up.
1: <laughs> 615-893-1450. If you'd like to join us this weekend as the Christmas parade, are you all ready for that?
3: Yes, sir. As always.
1: It's it's always gonna be fun. Absolutely. What are your favorite memories? And, and chief you've been in the parade many times what are your favorite memories of the parade
3: oh wow uh there's so many of them i guess most of them go back to uh, uh the times when i was off being able to take my kids and seeing the enjoyment that they got from it that I, i'd always go back to that oh uh, boy yeah. and
1: how old were the kids in
3: oh man when they were little i was two three four years old yeah so yeah and then uh of course as uh time went on uh I used to be, uh, uh take a pretty, uh, pretty big role in, you know, standing out there and help, uh, helping with it. And of course, uh, that got passed along as time went on, but, uh, I always enjoyed, uh, when I wasn't working it, being able to go out there and just, uh, just watch everything going on, see the, see the kids and the excitement and that kind of stuff.
1: And uh, while we're talking about the Christmas parade, Clayton, what about you? Do you have some big memories of the parade? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I can always go back to, uh, when we had the motorcycles here, that was always one of the things we always had to show up for and do. And But the cool thing about it is, I think, uh, and even all the officers, the parade is one of those large-scale enough events. And you're along that route, and you're really interacting with a lot of members of the community. And everybody there is usually having a good time. And it's a, it's just a, a overall positive event and a way to kind of connect. And so, uh, I, I, yeah, I can't ever remember a time where that was something that after we were done where somebody said oh that was terrible you know it was that was never the it's case fun. it was always something like yeah. hey you know another one got done and it was a good time for everybody
1: it has been wonderful times and wonderful memories too yeah. and uh, everybody appreciates really all the hard work that the murfreesboro police department does the officers just go the extra mile all the time
3: yeah I tell you, uh, even as we're a growing city, there's always still that small-town feel when you're at that it parade. Is. It's still like cohesiveness and just uh, good stuff, good stuff.
1: And I think we can keep that, too. Yeah. I see cities a lot larger than us yeah. who still have that small-town feel. Yeah, It's it's a spirit in the heart, so let's keep it alive here. Exactly. What kind of suggestions would you have to reduce uh, somebody listening, let's say they're in an area that has more crime let say than other areas what can they do to reduce being a part of that
3: i had to keep going back to uh and i think we touched on it in the last few radio shows uh, uh right now the types of crimes we're seeing and the things that people need to be prepared for and kind of being uh, mindful of they really don't fit into a specific uh type of category i mean we're seeing it in uh uh different neighborhoods we're seeing it in, in businesses and that that's the vehicle and auto theft and that is really huge that's probably one of our biggest increases in crime uh, uh for the year so uh, I, I, we always go back to the uh, and i know it sounds redundant but we always go back to hey make sure that you're uh, locking your car doors that you're taking those key fobs out because uh, individuals they'll go and that they they will find doors that are unlocked they'll go in there and they'll they'll hit that start button if you got it, if you leave your key fob in there that vehicle's going to start and then they've got it and the big one still goes goes to I man getting those guns out of your car if you do not leave uh, if you have a, a firearm that you carry with you just don't leave it in your vehicle that's 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 huge and that's what a lot of people that are committing these type of crimes are looking for. Uh, so the
1: people are actually going through the streets, seeing if the cars are unlocked, absolutely. and then get into it?
3: Absolutely. It, uh, and I think we kind of touched on it uh, last time. It's more than just uh, an individual now uh going through a neighborhood you know breaking a window here or two. i mean you've got uh individuals that will load up in a vehicle they'll come into town they'll pick a neighborhood and they'll literally go up and down the road and and uh and uh, try to find like i said the easiest targets and those are typically the ones that are left unlocked that have valuables that are easy to see and easy to get to so uh just uh just be mindful of that and then we always go back to unfortunately uh, some of these individuals are willing to commit acts of violence. So if you do have somebody that uh, you suspect of doing that, uh, don't confront them because we do have uh, instances where people have actually uh, been shot at uh, you know, during those encounters. So, so absolutely call us first, and then, uh, then uh, we'll do our best to get all the resources we can out to you and, and, and kind of uh, see where it winds up. I know that through our investigations, and I know that typically through most of these cases, we typically uh, can pursue them to an end uh let me use a different word we can chase our leads to an end and typically make arrests and then uh then in a lot of cases we're able to uh, catch individuals but it's like any crime uh for every person we arrest there's somebody willing to step in and take their place and and assume the new assume the role yeah so
1: what about spotlights on uh, naive lights i guess is what you call those.
3: absolutely uh I think uh you know just some of the, sometimes uh, just the fundamentals work the best and uh lights motion detectors I know that uh I know there's so many products out there nowadays that uh that uh Uh, record around the home do things like that and that can prove beneficial to us to where if you are a victim of crime we can retrieve that image might help us form leads it might help us uh uh, solve a case for you so uh, just any of those things and it's it's really cost it's really cost effective nowadays to be able to buy some uh, security measures and put them in place so uh, anything you can do of that nature man I, I, i would encourage it
1: now you mentioned motion detectors so if they see a light come on when they're walking through the yard that alerts them that maybe they're being right, videoed right
3: or maybe a combination thereof i know i got a rabbit in my backyard it sets mine off every five minutes <laughs> so but uh but it works it works uh so uh, <laughs> but he but, didn't but, learn <laughs> <laughs> but uh um but uh yeah just a combination of those and then, then if you do find yourself uh i always encouraged that if you are going out uh late at night for some reason to your vehicle or you have to run to the driveway, something like that. Turn on your lights, make some commotion. I always hit my clicker on my uh, car to make the horn go off. That way you're not walking into something if something's uh, going on out in your, in your neighborhood.
1: We have a, a text question here from a listener, and they're saying that uh, just a few hours ago over on Manson Pike and around the Panther Creek Apartments that there were several police cars and the road was blocked off drones were being used uh, what they were just curious as to what was going on that was uh, uh, Manson Pike area they said Manson Pike's blocked off several police cars this was a few hours ago I mean not right now yeah, I think. so,
3: so we, we can find out for you so this was my first stop of the day so I haven't gone in and read all my briefings uh, and uh, emails from last night or this morning so uh, we can uh, Clayton I'll look it up real quick but uh, okay uh, see if I, I can get you an answer and we'll come yeah, back to it yeah. he's
1: got all the stuff Yeah. The power in Clayton.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got to love technology. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 615 is our number, 893-1450. One other bit of information. There will be a special announcement from Middle Tennessee State University at 9 o'clock this morning. We'll be doing the show live from MTSU. We'll switch over there at 9 o'clock. Chip Walters usually has his show on at 9, and he will again today. But instead of sitting here next to me, He'll be uh, over at MTSU doing his show there.
3: No doubt, it'll be good stuff.
1: Uh, it'll be. We'll, we'll find out. Yes, sir. Who, who knows what they could be announcing?
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, we all, yeah,
1: it's it's one of those uh, announcements where it, it was all announced the day before.
3: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, my phone. My kids were texting me, "Hey, Dad." <laughs> so yeah,
1: the, the new coaches. Yeah. <laughs> is our number. If you have a question, if you have a comment, give us a shout. 615-893-1450. You can text on that number as well. 615-893-1450. Here's a, another listener question. This person says, I have a business, uh, and it's in an area. There are other businesses all around us. We're not in a shopping center, but in a very small strip center. Is there anything we can do to reduce the risk of our business having people come in and steal from us, shoplift, things of that sort?
3: Yeah, just um, and I always encourage people that if they have questions about businesses, and I, I'm going to follow up after I say what I'm going to say. Uh, uh, Sergeant Denton is uh, somebody that uh, you can reach out to that will actually help uh, uh, uh we, we teach a thing called SEPTED, uh, and it's basically crime prevention through environmental design. So that's something where we can go in and say, Hey, here's what we'd recommend for your businesses, you know, and and kind of look at your lighting, look at your, uh, uh, maybe shrubbery, maybe things like of that nature. And then I would always encourage you to, you know, just make sure, make sure things are well lit, make sure that you have things organized in the store to where it, you know, it keeps things as in view of the, of the employees as much as possible. And, uh, And then uh, I don't know that you'd rise to the level, not knowing your business, if you'd need security measures, but that's always... Uh, uh, an option if you have particular times where you're experiencing issues you can always uh, hire security whether it be law enforcement or some type of security company same things like that so that's kind of a broad answer I would uh, go back to the uh, comment I made earlier I would reach out to sergeant Denton uh, at the police department and she can look at your specific place uh, your uh, specific businesses and give you some advice based on that every every Everybody, a lot of the principles are the same, but uh, when you actually go in and evaluate a business, a lot of the recommendations may be different. So, uh, yeah, I think it'd be worthy to at least look at it, and that's something we do, no charge, and it's uh, something we'd be glad to do for you.
1: And I've noticed that some of the surveillance films, the pictures that you send out to the media, uh, some of them are great and clear, some of them are a little fuzzy, Uh, and then I'll see pictures that people send to us from their doorbell cameras, and those are really clear. They are. How can you get? How can you make sure that the surveillance system that you put in is as good as the doorbell camera?
3: I tell you, the it's abil- amazing the ability to research and uh, get recommendations on products is there. And you're right. That's one of the biggest challenges for us is uh, going into a crime scene and having poor quality video versus good. You know, when somebody pops out of VHS tape, you know you're in trouble. Uh, but uh, but there's uh, so many good quality. Uh, affordable systems out there that uh that uh, it's just a matter of doing research and uh and just going i always go online when i look at stuff like that for, for in my personal life and just kind of really evaluate things and there's a lot of good resources and information out there that can help you along but yeah that that's always uh, definite to have uh to to have that surveillance to have quality cameras and to let people know if you have a business that you are you actually have those things in place
1: so it does help a lot to have pictures of the the intruders even and i've noticed a lot of them these days the people are wearing um, the mask not mask like you would but these are mask like you would if uh, you want to avoid covid or something
3: exactly exactly
1: which i guess is pretty normal every and, and people don't stop and if you walked in there with a mask on, uh, like you were going to rob a bank, right? That would stand out.
3: Yeah, pre-COVID, that wouldn't have stood. That would have stood out, but now it's uh, there's a lot more leeway uh, when you see people wearing masks. I guess uh, you know, pre-COVID, you know, people had been, oh no, what's going on? And now it's just like kind of a, a normal thing. It doesn't really uh, alarm anybody. Uh, so. I've seen where some cities are going back to uh, saying, hey, uh, uh, some of these things, uh, some of these masking businesses, things like that, you know, we're not going to – they're uh, passing ordinances, things about uh, against that. So I, I don't know. I don't know where all that will wind up. Clayton, oh. I'm sorry. I got a little distracted. I saw Clayton I was, pulling up was a was map heading, there and got no, a stutter in my left uh, I a notepad because I figured
1: he might have wanted <laughs> – Unless his memory is,
3: I think he has breaking news. <laughs> no, uh, well, he's putting it together. <laughs> okay. I've got, I've got multiple sources working on it now. <laughs> <one just today. laughs> but, but you know, Bart, going back to what you're saying, you know, that's one of the big things that we're trying to help out with, uh, with the uh, the technology pieces that we're putting in place: the real time crime center, the LPR technology, the camera technology, and uh, the gunshot. Uh, 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 detection equipment that we plan on putting in place we still have to get it presented and approved uh, so I don't want to be uh, presumptuous and say that it's gonna be a definite but it's something that we will propose but uh, the the LPR technology and the camera technology are huge and it kind of goes back to uh, what you were saying earlier having quality footage of incidents and uh, being able to retrieve that quickly and be able to really uh, evaluate it so um, having those systems in place will help us do a lot of that and having that feed into the, we call it a real time crime center. And all that means is is that you receive information in real time, that it's all fed in, into one place in real time. So having that in place uh, will help. We're about, uh, uh, we're getting close to finishing it uh, I know that uh, some people have asked questions well how long have you been planning this Uh, it's been something that we've been planning for several years I think in our last couple of budget presentations which are uh, presented on or posted online uh, with the city Uh, we've, we've, we've proposed uh, acquiring this type of technology so it's been a work in progress for several years and now we're finally starting to see the the end of it and hopefully we'll have things up and running uh
1: well now you had a, an incident i guess it was last week or week before right. about uh, the real-time center was getting license plate readings from from uh, clarksville and you, you apprehended someone.
3: Right, right. And those were actually the uh, suspects that were involved in the uh, stabbing incident at on... Kelton uh, yeah, Hardware. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So... Uh, that did uh, help us get them into custody uh fairly quickly and uh it's it's good stuff it's good technology and i know that there's a lot of people out there concerned with the privacy uh, aspects of that so
1: but boy uh, they you apprehended people quickly it's
3: yeah 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 and we're sensitive to that so uh uh we try to make sure that our policies and our oversight are are such that uh you know we limited access to who can actually enter it you know we don't we don't fish through the system. Uh, basically, what you have to do is if you have a need for any information on any of our camera systems or or LPR systems, you actually have a have to fill out a document saying here's the information I need, here's why I want it. We track it. And sure. We, we sure. want to know who within our agency is accessing that info. So it's not just a free for all where everybody has access to it. There's a very limited number of people that have to be approved by me that can actually access it.
1: Now let me ask you this because you had mentioned. About the people coming through neighborhoods, in in cars and going uh, to see if the doors of the vehicles in the neighborhood are unlocked, right. and that they come here from other towns. Well, the the pinging or whatever it was, the license plate reader, was showing off in Shelby, not Shelbyville, but Clarksville. Right really far away uh were they did they come here from clarksville or what were they doing in Clarksville?
3: no 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 no, no. Th- those yeah those would be uh, totally separate type incidents no those weren't uh, people from clarksville i don't know what their business was in clarksville but apparently they had a, a reason to go there but uh, it's uh,
1: far away i guess <laughs> yeah
3: yeah and yeah, maybe yeah yeah i think as as because uh, Larry, I know, had put out some information regarding that. Maybe as, as the uh, became more and more public with uh, some of the photos going out, I think they probably sought to go there. To, uh, and that's just an assumption on my part. But uh, yeah, so that's a little bit different than the car burglaries that we're seeing. So I think that those people were local.
1: So the real time center that you're putting together, it's partially working now, but. Do you have more equipment, uh, more software that's going to be brought in, or what's...
3: So, so basically, uh, the technology that we put in place right now is the, basically the LPR technology. Then uh, that'll be followed up by the camera technology. So, there's there's two different systems. The LPR technology basically reads license plates. It's not a personal information-gathering device. It basically gathers information on vehicles, okay? Uh, so... Uh, That information is collected through one source and then we have, uh, we call them the public safety camera systems we're basically pole mounted cameras that do video recording. And we try to put those in places where we see our highest incidence of violent crime. There may be one or two locations where we do it where we've seen other need for the cameras, but most of them are based on the violent crime data. And uh, those are uh, totally movable. So we see uh, uh, trends change. If we see uh, a need to move them or add locations or remove locations, we can do all that. It's a pretty flexible system.
1: Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We will continue the conversation. We've got some questions and we'll get to those in just a moment. Stay with us.
0: We break in with traffic, news, and weather bulletins anytime. Good Neighbor Talk is your 24-7 connection. WTNS AM, FM, and online.
1: If your job situation is changing because of layoffs or restructuring, you may have to make several decisions. One important decision may be what to do with your retirement plan. Make sure your retirement stays on track. I'm Lee Colvin, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, and I'd like to help. Stop by our office in the Public Shopping Center on South Rutherford Boulevard or give us a call at 615-907-7056 for a face-to-face appointment. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC.
4: Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas' Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
1: Hey, this is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come shop with my family at 919 Northwest Broad Street here in Murfreesboro. Did you know that many of our common holiday foods are dangerous for our pets? For dogs, this includes onion, garlic, and raisin. Come find some pet-safe holiday snacks here at Animal City. Here at Animal City, we have a variety of toys to offer necessary enrichment for any type of pet. Please come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
2: Skies become mostly sunny this afternoon, high in the upper 40s. North winds of 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojciechski on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 36.
3: Good morning. Trying to clean up this accident on the west side. A lot of rubbernecking going on as they move the damaged vehicles on 40 eastbound at Charlotte Pike. It slowed it down earlier there on 40 east between OHP and Charlotte Pike. Again in the Bellevue area, traffic still heavy coming in through Hermitage right now into Donaldson on 40 westbound past the airport. Still busy as you, we look at it live here on 24 east in the Jolton area as they clean up that accident before you get to Whites Creek Pike. Hey, don't miss it this year. Enchanted Garden of Lights at Rock City in Chattanooga. It's worth the drive. Trust me. Check it out at crockcity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. This
2: is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us.
0: You may think money problems are just impossible to fix. Get sound advice with Dave Ramsey, one to four weekdays, followed by certified financial planner, Jason Qualls at four.
1: Welcome back. Special reports from Middle Tennessee State University, a press conference at nine o'clock this morning. Uh, This is the morning that uh, Chip Walters does his show, and he's going to be doing it live at MTSU at nine o'clock this morning. Wonder what the topic might be. That's going to be 9 o'clock live from MTSU. Right now, we're talking law and order, the Christmas season, and uh, two, unfortunately, go hand in hand. Uh, Michael Bowen is with us, the Murfreesboro Police Chief. Captain Clayton Williams with us from Murfreesboro Police Department. We're getting answers to your questions. This person, another one says, uh, I appreciate the discussion of the importance of safety, secure firearms, Uh, The General Assembly passed the Firearms Safety Act, which cuts taxes on gun safes and gun safety devices. Is is that making a difference?
3: I think it would uh, probably help a lot, especially if you're a a person that has a lot of... firearms that likes collecting things like that I'm sure that uh, buying some of these uh, uh, more expensive safes it would uh, be pretty uh, pretty significant on the bottom line and then uh, even for the smaller items I just think anything that would encourage people to go out and buy these safety devices and and uh, and install them in their homes wherever they need to put them I think that that's always a positive thing so I think the uh, the intent behind the uh, legislation to uh, encourage those types of Uh, acts of responsibility I think is uh, definitely a positive.
1: Very good. Uh, We want to get back to the earlier question because I think you found something out about what was going on on Manson Pike near the Panther Creek uh, apartment area. Several police cars were there. Uh, It must have been what time did you say it was and the road was blocked drones were out being used
3: yeah yeah so uh it's not gonna be a a big uh, story uh basically it was just a search for a wanted person and uh i think that they went in there and they they had to check uh, several different places and uh that's essentially
1: did they catch whoever it was Uh, no no okay drones are fascinating i mean they really are used a lot these days
3: they are they are they have a lot of applications and yeah they're they're uh, uh pretty amazing what they can uh, be used for i'm still uh waiting i've always heard about the uh packages from certain delivery companies coming by drone i yet to see one of those yeah and, i'm ready to uh, check that yeah, out and i'm just wondering what that's going to look like in the grand scheme of things so
1: Here's another question for us. This one uh, is dealing with Southeast Broad Street uh, on Church Street. And they say that section is going to the Discovery Center, uh, that road going to Discovery Center. There's a sign that reads, Yield, the right-of-way. If there's an accident where people are trying to speed up to get uh, in front of you and you're speeding uh, and trying to prevent the car from sideswiping you, uh, what happens if the car hits you? Who is responsible for the wreck on that one? Does that make sense?
2: I was going to say, now who's on first? Uh, so, <laughs> so the question is, if you go through a light. To well, I, I, I think
3: they're talking about that place. Uh, if you're going outbound on broad, mm-hmm. say so you come through church and then you have uh, McDonald's and AutoZone to your right. I think that little merge section right there, right up before you get to, I, I, I think it's Manny yeah the, uh, yeah yeah That's a like little bottleneck, right there. yeah
2: i mean if they're talk- in in the context of changing the lanes i mean if you're trying to move from that far left to the right or the far left that ends you know that's one of those things it if you just have to be able to do so safely is what the handbook says you know before you make that lane change and make sure it doesn't impact traffic behind you so um that is a can be a tough spot because everybody knows that that next down right there from three to two um it, it if you get obviously most of the times, if a rear end crash occurs, typically there can be mitigating circumstances, but typically that fault is assessed to the person that's doing the rear ending because they have to make sure not to hit said car. Um, but um, you also have to allow give people ample time if if you're uh, merging. You have to make sure that it's clear and and, and can do so there as well. So that w- I think that would be a, a situational. Uh, call depending on exactly what was going on at the time, um, and speed could be a contributing factor in that. So I think uh, that would have to be up to the officer looking at the scene at the time to, to make the best judgment call they can there. Um, without having more details, that's, that's a tough one to, to, to put into black and white.
1: And this is one of those situations where you always wonder, should I be running around trying to make pictures of the scene so it's uh, captured for some use later so mm-hmm. we can have some evidence of what happened or or do i
2: just stay in the car and uh, what What should they do well well the primary thing and even we're always concerned with you no know, you know the we want to do a good investigation but the number one priority is to make sure that a nobody you know render eight if somebody needs it and b is keep things from getting worse um you know and and that kind of goes along with if somebody gets out of their car and is standing in traffic that's never a good thing uh, because it it Yeah, getting injured uh you know bodily injury or even uh, killed in this situation being run over by another vehicle is not worth any photo that you might be able to capture at that point um and we train our folks fairly well um about doing accident investigation and even if the person that doesn't necessarily respond to the scene they can confer with a lot of the folks that we have that have more training uh and there's a lot of things that even can be looked at and tested if you will after the crash at that that time they need to go back and kind of look at how that was if it's that important uh, and that that difficult to assess whether the fault lies with one or the other Um, but when we're just talking about property damage and I know it's frustrating and and it's one of the most aggravating situations that you can deal with when you think about your mode of transportation and you kind of depend and rely on that but just uh, understand that we want everybody to know that our first priority is keeping everyone safe and and we hope that everybody else would be the same as well and we'll do the best job that we can to try to put that back together as far as having something they can turn into their insurance and uh, you know if they weren't at fault to be able to get help with that
1: so best thing to do is stay in the car and don't be a target for other vehicles
2: yeah and if you can we always tell people too if it's if your car is drivable um, you know the state uh, they addressed this by statute years ago if it's something that can be moved yeah, please move it to the shoulder and get out of the roadway because uh, we definitely don't want you to get hit again. And in that context, Bart, I mean, that's if everybody's okay and and you decide you're going to move, there's nothing wrong with quite snapping a quick picture. Just don't just don't run out in traffic and do right. it, and then move over to the side, and, and we'll be there pretty quick.
1: Now they didn't mention this, but I'm I'm thinking ahead because we're moving into wintertime time, and they're talking about we may see a rougher winter than usual mm-hmm. here uh if there's ice on the road snow on the road definitely uh, you want to stay in the car i would guess yeah
2: yeah you really don't even want to be in the car if you can help it if there's ice and snow on the road but uh, go to a
1: store nearby <laughs>
2: yeah yeah we understand sometimes you have to do that
1: So those are some things. That's one thing I love about this show. When we do the call-ins like this or text-ins, the subject goes (laughs) from one thing to the total opposite end, and that's what it's about to do right now. Here's a person who's asking about, what about parking in subdivisions on the road? What about parking on the road if you're in a subdivision? I don't think, and they don't say this, but I don't think they're talking about uh, Church Street or Spring Street in the downtown area. We've talked about that. I think they're talking about a, a real subdivision. Uh, is is what do you do? Is it okay to park on the road?
3: It just depends. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 and that's that's such a non-answer and i hate giving <laughs> non-answers but it just depends because you have regulations about being so close to an intersection being so close to a mailbox being so close to a driveway how do you know that, yeah or? and then and then there's not just the aspect of the law enforcement end of it you know do you is your hoa going to prohibit certain things right. so but from the law and i can speak to the law enforcement part of it but uh, yeah there's there's a lot of different things that can come into play and like i said it's uh, are you opposing traffic are you uh, you know how wide is the roadway are you obstructing traffic things like that so it's it's not a cookie cutter uh, type answer on that uh
2: yeah and i know they these things come up a lot of times with new developments they they really take these things into consideration about when they're designing these to try to to try to offer off-street parking but and nevertheless somebody comes to visit or you have something right it's, you know right. we yeah it happens yeah.
1: and with christmas and we just went through thanksgiving everybody was visiting yep. each other
3: yeah. and if you say and th- those things are going to happen you know people are going to have their super bowl party or or their whatever event and you're going to see things but if you do see something like a chronic problem that you have a concern with in a subdivision uh, i'd encourage you to go to our website and uh, where you do the traffic complaints just go in there and say hey i have a question about parking in this particular area and you can lay out the details and then uh, Lieutenant Walker he's pretty diligent about uh, answering those or having a member of his staff answer those and it's something we'll gladly be able to give you some more detailed information
1: now does Uh, that give you instant information will this get the message
3: no there's a person at the other end of it so it may not be uh, instant but uh, I I guarantee a response I don't know how quick. A lot of it just has to do with scheduling, but we will, we will get back with you. And there again, uh, those are for the non-emergency type uh, traffic complaints. If you ever have anything that you feel like uh, property or, or risk of life or injury to other people is going on, uh, those are definitely scenarios where you need to pick up the phone and call dispatch directly.
1: Here's a, another one. This one says, I can remember growing up here in Murfreesboro, I used to see signs out in the neighborhood that said something about crime watch. Right. Are those still available and how do you do that in a neighborhood?
3: Uh there again uh, Sergeant Amy Denton who uh she basically handles uh all of our community outreach uh type things and uh I think uh what we're probably uh, referring to is the uh, old neighborhood watch signs and those are still things that uh, we can uh put on neighborhood watch for you. Uh, just over time what has happened is you've seen uh, the neighborhood watch approach go away and you've seen more of these uh, neighborhood uh, social media type groups where people are doing their own uh, thing uh, through social media and uh, having these uh, these neighborhood groups so uh, it's still an option it's something we're still willing to do for you but uh, as time has gone on, as technology has evolved, as social media has evolved, we've seen more neighborhoods taking that role upon themselves and kind of doing their their own thing.
1: I would think that with the new people moving in and the dramatic increase of new neighbors who have no no ties to the community at all. This would be a great opportunity to meet neighbors and do something good for the community.
3: Exactly, exactly. And remember, a lot of these uh, neighborhood groups are uh, are are they're pretty effective. Uh, some of them have acquired LPR technology and uh, have put cameras in place in uh, in their own neighborhoods. So uh, it's definitely. Uh, I, I don't know where this particular individual who called Liz, but it's. It, be interesting if maybe there's something going on in his neighborhood where where he can uh, join a group like that. But with that being said, we'll be glad to help if if, if the neighborhood watch is something that he's interested or he or she's interested
1: in. Uh, We're going to jump back to another issue that we were on earlier today. This one is uh, back to the apprehending of the three people who were involved, uh, allegedly involved in the beating over at Kelton's Hardware. This one uh, says that when the report came out that you were looking at some people in clarksville with the uh license plate readers they were wondering did the clarksville police not know that that was going on uh and it was interesting it sounded like the murfreesboro police had to notify the clarksville police
3: Hmm. and that may have been the case i don't know uh Specifically, that uh, how that was set up in the system, it may have been something where Clarksville, but I can tell you they were quick to help and respond. So, I don't think it was a matter of them. uh,
1: uh So, not, so they are yeah, connected yeah, in a way where,
3: yeah, 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 you so, can see
1: what's happening in so Clarksville in or wherever.
3: So, in that particular incident, I don't know if they would have received a
1: okay. So, we're uh, Clayton, did you have was, some?
2: I think it was a combined effort because this actual hit came from a, a commercial LPR, which those are out and about that we don't know. Yeah, what, what, what is
1: with that? What is a commercial LPR?
2: So there are certain companies, the most prominent that you see <clears throat> is um, in, in moving around is like towing companies, uh, sometimes homeowners association, not homeowners association, that'd be privately owned, um, different entities that use these to for. If they're in the vehicle business say they're for example towing they're looking to repossess stolen cars um okay (laughs) and some systems some of the systems integrate with those and some don't and sometimes those are delayed so i think it was a collaborative effort on this one i don't know that it necessarily came to one faster than the other anything like
3: that yeah and i I don't know specifically what coursewell has in place as far as technology as far as uh, what they have and where it's set up and uh, i don't know the details but uh, there again, was uh, uh, always been a, oh, yeah. a good, good partner and uh, been somebody we could reach out to if we have a case working uh, here that uh, leads into their jurisdiction.
1: Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you this morning? Hello.
4: Yeah, I, I
3: want to talk about
4: a uh, situation down there where I think Vine Street comes out there on Broad Street. Okay. There's uh, I see four or five people lined up there to make a left on the vine. you got to cross two lanes of traffic to get across where you're going. Funny thing is right down there at the Dodge store, there's a turning lane with an arrow where you can turn and go basically to the same place you're going uptown. Yeah, the city You're, says
1: you're, you're talking about going pretty. around the roundabout up there.
4: No, 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 no. No. no, it's up there where the water department, where you pay your water bill, Vine Street, where it comes out at Cannonsburg. Right. Okay. Okay, there's a turning lane there at the Dodge store with an arrow. You can turn right there left. If you turn, wait and come up there in the middle of Broad, you got to go across two lanes of traffic. i seen a van on its top right there last year because it got hit turning across in front of traffic. I don't understand why that street can't be made right turn in, right turn out. Why would you have to have a left to go to across two lanes of traffic there? It just it truly amazes me. You wouldn't have to be a traffic engineer to figure that out if you've seen as many wrecks as I've seen there. And uh, don't get me started on the deal over there where all them roads come out at the red lights around Red Lobster and Lowe's over there. That's the situation in itself right there. I don't know what idiot designed that deal. But uh, traffic could be really improved in Murfreesboro. Uh, I don't know. They they talk like they want to do something about it, but they don't do nothing about it. It's a problem. You could cut down on the amount of wrecks. My insurance might go down a little bit. Uh I just don't understand it. I just wonder if y'all have any comment about that, who I'd have to see to suggest that to somebody to get that in effect. Yeah.
0: So
4: I just don't, I just don't see turning across two lanes of traffic to get where you're going when you could one block down you you got a an arrow and a light to make a
3: left. That's the reason it's there.
1: That makes makes a lot of sense. Right. Thank you for calling. What should he do?
3: Um In this particular case, since he called the radio show, I don't mind making that phone call and saying, hey, uh, could you evaluate this recommendation? And I don't mind passing that on, and I will do that.
1: Okay,
3: there you go. But but, uh, for other listeners, if they have uh, any issues or suggestions or recommendations, uh, they can call us. Uh, There again, uh, Lieutenant Walker has been in charge of uh, our traffic unit. Uh, We started it this year, so... I don't mind uh, him receiving those type of complaints and forwarding those to uh, traffic trafficking engineering if they're viable. And uh, I'd encourage people to just use our website if they don't want to call in and just say, hey, uh, just a suggestion, we can forward those pretty easily, so.
1: Okay, uh, and you might also want to check with your city councilman to see if they could help you out on that too.
3: Right, right, and a lot, lot of times uh, we'll be tasked with researching it, so I, I I would start with us. and makes then, sense. Yeah, start with us. And then, uh, uh, like I said, we'll do deal with and I, I mean, what the caller just talked about, it, it, it makes sense in, uh, in a lot of ways. So it's just something I'd have to pass on to the traffic department and get their input because uh, they manage that uh, at a different level than I do. So.
1: That's Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I like water aerobics. Margaret Ortobodian chose Adams Place. It's been a great boon for my health to
4: have water aerobics. The pool is saltwater pool, and the instructors are all geriatric trained. And then they have uh, stretch and balance to help
0: you keep from falling.
2: I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Call Adams Place today at 615-904-9111. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial
1: experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
0: The GNS in our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. Now more than ever, count on WGNS.
1: Welcome back to the final round of the action line for this morning. Then we'll be heading over live to Middle Tennessee State University. Special press conference going on there. Chip Walters is going to be doing his program live from MTSU. We're doing Law and Order right now, and I think Chief Michael Bowen had a a thought he wanted to share.
3: No, no. No? Okay. I I just figured everybody tuned out after you announced the uh, big MTSU news, and everybody's eagerly (laughs) anticipating 9 (laughs) o'clock. But so
1: they're listening to you with uh, eager thoughts.
3: Yeah, so uh, 9 o'clock, man. 9 o'clock is just 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 around
1: the corner. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see if some of the other things that people are concerned about this morning. Uh, we've touched on the roads. We've touched on uh, some of the ways to reduce your being uh, impacted by robberies and things of that sort. Uh, what about safety in shopping centers? Has that changed any? Have, have the incidences at shopping centers changed?
3: So basically you see trends uh, uh, fluctuate during certain times of year so definitely but I just know that during this time of year is uh, we try to uh, beef up patrols in those shopping areas knowing that people are out and about we try to move uh, some of our camera systems uh, to uh, the various shopping centers so it's something we make adjustments for and uh, there again in those parking lots kind of do the same thing when you uh, park your vehicle at home make sure you lock your doors make sure that any kind of valuables purses or things that you might have just purchased make sure that they're in trunks or out of sight or uh, they're not easy easily recognizable and easy uh, targets
1: Okay. and then
3: going back real quick uh, uh, I'd encourage I know you got a minute left but uh, we talked about earlier about uh, securing weapons things like that I always uh, as more and more people become interested in carrying firearms I always go back to the hey if you want to do it something you want to uh, start you're entertaining please reach out to uh, some of these uh, local businesses that teach firearm safety that teach some of the laws and the things uh, related to firearms uh, owning firearms and things like that I'd encourage you to do that because uh, the more the better trained you are uh, it, it's a benefit for everyone so i'd always encourage that along with the secure storage and and taking care of uh, where you where you place those things
1: so when you take these classes they will encourage you to, to lock well,
3: well, them up and, and, it, and it it just depends on the courses but uh, I don't know if they'll do that, but it's 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 another component to firearm safety and, and fire, firearms ownership, so I'd always encourage that. There's a lot of good people with a lot of knowledge in this town that, that, that teach those classes and can prepare people for firearms ownership. So. Oh,
1: well, here's one more question that came in. They said, uh, we're thinking about getting a firearm uh, for safety, for protection here at our home. Uh, we're not that familiar with the use of firearms. Should we look at a pistol or a rifle?
3: and see that's exactly what i'm exactly what i'm talking about if you reach out to these businesses and uh a lot of them teach classes go in there and say hey here's what i want to do here's where i live here's here's my uh, here's my intent to own a firearm they will put you on the product that's probably the best suitable because not not every firearm uh, application fits all scenarios. So yeah, definitely I'd uh, reach out to some of these professionals who do do this on a daily basis and they will will make the proper recommendations.
1: And that's going to do it for our show today. Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen and Captain Clayton Williams with us. Have a great day.